On today's 132 Breeze podcast, we have Selection Sunday. We take a look at the selection show, go through the brackets, uh, see who's our final four and champions. We also take a walk around campus, have a little NFL talk, a little golf talk, and we have a new segment of Casey's Corner Kick. But first, a word from our sponsor. Today's episode not quite brought to you by the, as Nancy would say, non-corporate champion, uh, which is this Tennessee whiskey that I'm drinking tonight that is uh, quite fine and should uh, get me through the podcast tonight. We're at Sunday, Sunday night here. Uh, what we got in store, we're going to get to the tournaments, uh, the conference tournaments, and of course, Selection Sunday. But first, we'll bring in the professional Badger fan, Casey. How is uh, Southeast Wisconsin treating you? Good evening, Marla. Southeast Wisconsin is good. It looks a lot warmer than it really is, especially after, uh, you know, we lost an hour with daylight saving time, which is a pox upon this nation, which is a different conversation for a different time. Uh, you know, it looks, looks warm out, but then go outside and still need the, still need the hat and gloves. So we're hoping for warmer days here in Southeast Wisconsin. How are things for you all the way in Chicago? Uh, things are pretty well. I, 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 it is cold. It looked really nice out. I did go out without any hat and gloves and that was a mistake. Um, but it looked, it looked nice out from the living room. So I thought I can get away with that. So it was, uh, it was a pretty good day, uh, of sitting around watching a lot of basketball. Yeah, it was a good weekend too. You know, while it looked nice outside to look out the window and, and and pretend it's nice yet stay inside, which I think is what both of us uh, did this weekend. Yeah. And it was glorious. And, you know, I mean, it really, really is that time of year. It is officially March Madness uh, with all these conference championships all wrapped up today and yesterday um, over the weekend or actually through the week, some of the some of the smaller ones. Um, but mm-hmm. it was it was a basketball feast for for many basketball fans out there. Um, so I guess we could start with that. Some of the going into the tournament conference chance before we get into all of the, uh, the joy that is a selection show. Um, so I'm just diving right in. I can let you know some some of the things I liked and disliked. Would you like to hear that? Yeah, let's talk about what we liked and dis- didn't like about the conference championship weekend. Okay. Well, first, uh, I'd like that. I liked, okay, well, first I liked during the week that there was, I think we covered last time, that there was basketball on during the day at um, all times. That was great to check in on. Um, but being in March and like having a singular Turner sports and kind of t- take over this time of year, they always go back to like there are certain cast of characters. So we got our cast of characters back. There's Davidson, which if you didn't know, Steph Curry played there one time. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. So there now you know. Um, we got Ron Hunter. Do you remember him? I remember. Yeah. The. Uh, yeah, he's the coach of Georgia State. 
Georgia State. Was, yep. Yeah, yeah. So last time he was in a tournament, it was two years ago. Uh, he won the he won his, his conference son, Ron tournament. Ron Hunter Jr. Yes, his son Ron Hunter Jr. sent them to the tournament, and he tore his ACL celebrating. <laughs> so, That's um, right. so we got to see that video quite a couple of times, and then of course in the tournament he was in that little wheelie thing, uh, which That's is exciting right. as well. Um, so he's back. Congratulations to him for making the. He doesn't. Game. He doesn't use the wheelie thing anymore. No, no, he's fully back. healed. No. Fully healed. He but just as animated, just use it. <laughs> yes, yo. If I had that, I would use it all the time. Yeah, this, that's your corner. You're the coach on the wheelie thing. Just own it. Yeah, just own it. Um, <laughs> speaking of owning it, uh, Ed Cooley. Did you see this? The coach of. Uh, Providence. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Coach of Providence. Uh, he was coaching in the in the championship game, the Big East game, and his pants split. Uh, split oh. in the back. <laughs> he can, and like the basketball coach that he is, big basketball coach guy, he coached the whole game with the split pants. He just threw a little towel over it to cover it up. So really, really enjoyed the Coaching really hard. Yeah, exactly. No excuses. No days off. <laughs> Not for Ed Cooley. How did he... I didn't see this. How did he put the towel on? Was it like a bath towel he wrapped around his waist? Yeah, so that he had like, right. yeah, it was like, you know, the towels that they they have that the players hit their sweat off, and he kind of just tucked it in the, uh, he just tucked it in the back of, like, his pants, and it kind of just hung down on his backside. And he just, like a tail. Yeah, like a tail, almost. So that was, mm. that was a unique way of doing it. So, you know, always bring a pair of change of pants whenever you coach. I was going to say, he's got he's to do that now. Yeah, from now on. Um, But my only really, I mean, it was glorious. It was a glorious, uh, you know, few days of of championship basketball. But my only really dislike uh, was that Virginia won a championship. And it's not, it doesn't really, like, not that Virginia won. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think you know where this is going. But it just comes because every time they do something good, like become number one or win a championship, I just think that every time, like, why couldn't we have gotten Bennett? Why couldn't oh. we have gotten Bennett? <laughs> and I know, I know we got guard, but I feel like we should have took a shot. I feel like, and people say they probably didn't. I was like, no, there's no way because no one said anything. And I think Barry should have took a shot. We got, got a Bennett, and it would have fit in perfectly. And I just get sad when that happens, and we're not, and the Badgers aren't in the tournament. So that is why I don't like Virginia winning the championship. Just well, makes me sad. I didn't know that you were going to go the, the <laughs> Bennett route there. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I think, I mean, I guess my opinion is that we. I don't think that he was – I don't want to say this, but I think he wasn't interested, and he thought he had a better better gig in Virginia. And I think that the the success of Virginia, you know, the past couple of years, I think they have something like four ACC regular season championships under him and you know, now a conference tournament number one team in the country. I think that kind of proves it out that, you know, he's got a, a great a great situation there. And unless I don't doubt that. I, I guess I should rephrase that. I just wish we tried. I just wanted to hear that we tried. Yeah, that's all I want. That okay. we actually tried. And from everything and all the people I know that are close to the situation, there was no trying. <laughs> so okay, inside sources. Yeah, inside sources. 
Okay, I can I can see that. I guess yeah. uh, counter to your point and and surprising that you didn't like Virginia winning is I liked Virginia winning the the ACC tournament uh, or just being I guess in general successful. I think that uh, they play a brand of basketball very similar to Wisconsin, uh, and I know a lot of people just like uh, the slower pace and the the emphasis on defense that Virginia brings, and obviously currently to a higher level than Wisconsin does. Uh, but I, I like the uh, contrast and style with a lot of the, you know, the, the other teams in the ACC, specifically Duke, North Carolina, even Clemson, you know, who like West uh, Virginia Tech, excuse me, who like to push the pace, have the athletes in that conference who can, who can really, you know, run up the tempo and the score in those games that they do the opposite and they are methodical. And that's one of the things I like in general about college basketball, but more specifically about Virginia and to an extension of that uh, Wisconsin. So when they do well, like they did this week, which is the thing I liked about the, the ACC tournament, uh, that uh, they bring that brand of basketball that makes me feel like Wisconsin can compete on a, on a high level, which they may or may not have in the past, but um, you know, obviously aren't now. In, in general, I, I really enjoyed the, the ACC tournament. I, we got another episode of the Duke-North Carolina uh, rivalry, which is always – uh, fun for me as a college basketball fan. I think one of the interesting things about Duke, Duke and North Carolina that I noticed during this uh, game, and I guess even their, their all the games this year, is I feel like they have kind of switched places, and I don't know if you noticed this, as far as the narrative of their programs. I think if you go back, I don't know, five, ten years, North Carolina was the program that brought in the top talent who had all of the McDonald's, all of Americans, Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was kind of the narrative of their program. They had all these, you know, the best athletes, whereas Duke had kind of your, your tryhards, your, your third-year, fourth-year players, uh, you know, your Greg Paulises and things. And obviously they had some of the great, you know, really great kind of one-and-done players earlier on. But now it's switched. North Carolina has the fourth- and fifth-year players, the Joel Berries, the Luke Mays, and Duke has the one and dones with the bag with Bagley. I guess you can say Grayson Allen is a throwback throwback to that. But you know Gary Trent and um, Duval uh, are all one and done players. So it feels like this rivalry has completely switched narrative on me in the last couple of years, and it, it, it's messing with my mind and makes it more interesting. I've always been a North Carolina guy over over Duke for I guess narrative reasons, but yeah. Now I don't I don't know what to believe. It's crazy that they've switched. Yeah, yeah, Shashevsky's really putting in work uh, getting getting those recruits the last I don't know if he he kind of he's been taking a page out of um uh what's his face at in Kentucky. Um Coach Cal? Coach Cal. Yeah, he's really stepped up his one and done game and and's gotten all those guys there. So not saying that, you know, he might be doing it unsavory or illegal ways, but it could be happening. Yeah, it could be. And it's just, I mean, if they have three of the top five players coming next year to Duke and then they all play the same position, small forward. So that's interesting uh, that they all decided to do that. Um, but just, it's another wrinkle. It's a different wrinkle to the Duke North Carolina library, which I think is at least to me the most interesting in college basketball. We got to see that again. But then we got to, in the end, see uh, Virginia's methodical approach win. So that was that was my like, I guess, to counter your 
somewhat counter your your dislike. Uh, and then the other thing I, I'd say I didn't like about the uh, tournament weekend was uh, West Virginia getting my hopes up once again <laughs> and then dashing them once again. I don't know why I do this every time. I feel like every time I watch West Virginia play basketball, they have a big lead in the second half. In this case, it was against Kansas in the Big 12 championship game. Uh, they were up in this game. Eight points, I think, was their biggest lead in the second half. And as I watched them being very excited and pumping chests and high-fiving, when they got the eight-point lead, I thought of the first two games where they had, I think, at least 12-point leads in the second half against Kansas and then went on to lose. And then sure enough, they went on to lose again to Kansas. And it's not an anti-Kansas thing. I just find myself usually rooting for not the favorite. Um, And in this case, obviously, Kansas is the favorite in the Big 12 in anything, I think they've won something like 12 or 14 regular season titles in a row, at least a share of in a row. So I was just rooting for not Kansas, not the Kansas. not the favorite to win. And West Virginia had a position to win it again, and they let me down. So that was what I didn't like about. Yeah, West Virginia. They were really they were really uh, thumping their chest in like from the beginning of that game on until they eventually like lost down the stretch, which was very strange. And Kansas is always winning that uh always winning that conference, which I mean, I don't I don't understand. Someone just beat them. Uh which <laughs> doesn't make any sense. It's it's a uh, I, I guess now that uh Wisconsin didn't make the tournament after uh nineteen years in a row is probably the most impressive streak, uh their their big twelve victories. Yeah, super, yeah, it's 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 uh, it's uh, it doesn't make any sense. It it, make, it it makes it seem like that like the conference isn't any good. And it's a good conference, but they just they're just dominant. It's un it's unbelievable, actually. It's it's something else that what what they've been able to put together. You got anything else you didn't like? The thing I didn't like was the lack of the Big Ten tournament. We talked about this a little bit last week uh, when we talked about the things we liked about the Big Ten tournament. And uh, to remind our, our fellow fans, uh, we liked the tournament, thought it was entertaining, thought that, you know, in general, it was a good, a good show that was put on. But, you know, as these games were happening throughout the weekend, it felt to me at least that the, the Big Ten was, was missing. And I was missing the Big Ten uh, uh, from this weekend, and especially when we got uh, to this afternoon when I think it was the – American Athletic Conference yeah. uh, Cincinnati game. When that was done, and then I would have normally turned to the Big Ten Championship game. It just wasn't there, and I had two hours to kill uh, until uh, the selection show, and that's where the Big Ten Tournament game, Championship game should have been, the normal prime time, the championship game that everybody wants to watch, that everybody's geared up to watch right before the, the selection show. just wasn't there, and there was just a void. And we'll talk about a little bit later how we filled that void with uh, some non-basketball things, but that's a big thing I didn't like. And, and I talked about it last week that I thought I would miss it uh, this weekend, and, and sure enough, I did, especially today. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that sentiment. I was sitting around like, wait, what? And then, so, yeah, just getting into the actual Selection Sunday, not only did they have the game uh, the not, that wasn't the Big Ten on CBS – um, but it didn't just it, that. Even that didn't just roll into the selection show. Uh, the selection show was it was on PBS this year, uh, which was yeah. I I didn't figure that out until 
I don't know, probably halftime of that game, and I was like just seeing when they were actually going to start the selection show, and it wasn't like right next to CBS, and I had to go searching for it. And I was like, what the hell is going on? Um, so they're right. Yeah. So they're doing a TBS. Um, yeah, so I do find it. I talked to my. Go ahead. Sorry, I talked to my dad. Uh, talked to my dad today, and he turned on CBS. Didn't see it was on, and turned it off. He just <laughs> he didn't see the selection show because it wasn't on CBS. And I was like, he just missed it. Didn't do you it. know what they actually? This is funny. Do you know? Because you know what they had on before, like the lead-in show to the selection show. No, what was that? I was. It was a Get Hard with Will Ferrell and uh, Kevin Hart. <laughs> Are you serious? That was on TBS before the show? <laughs> that was on TBS before the selection show. Oh, that was on TBS before the show? Yeah, TBS before the selection show. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of, I, I see a lot of crossover between the Get Hard fans and... Uh... <laughs> yeah. So that was that was good. So... Not, right, not the worst movie. No, it's not the worst movie. But, I just thought it was funny because I was... I changed it. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, I'd watch the end of Get Hard before... Before the selection show. Oh, yeah, because you had nothing else. There was no basketball because the Big Ten game wasn't there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we're on TVS and the selection show, which has a new format this year. They told us before, which I was very skeptical of, how they're going to, in the first 10 minutes, reveal everybody that made the tournament um, and then go to brackets, which I know I was already not liking the idea going in. But before that, turning on TBS, they have, they use the, it looks like this, the set they use for NBA on TNT. And they have a live audience this year, which shocked me. Oh yeah. Where'd that come from? Um, But not the worst move, but the whole revealing all of them. What did you think about that? I, I didn't, I mean, I would say I didn't like it. I didn't think I was going to like going in. I absolutely did not like it at execution. Well, let me go back to the first. Let me talk about the the live audience because I thought it was in a, the live audience was in Atlanta, Georgia, <laughs> that they had the people there. So I, as they were going through the the teams, uh, a couple things stuck out to me. One was when they announced Florida was in the tournament, resounding boos. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> uh, when they announced, I think it was uh, University of Maryland, uh, Baltimore County. One guy clapped. He was excited. <laughs> and then otherwise, otherwise silence. Uh, they did a, a, they tried to do a live commercial for Pizza Hut. Did you see this? Yeah, I did. They had Ernie Johnson up in, in yep. the stands, and apparently somebody had a, a pizza. He took a bite of it and was like, let's hear it for Pizza Hut pizza. And there was a very mild clap. <laughs> and they're... <laughs> Apparently people didn't realize they were in a commercial. And then he's like, come on, do better. And they're like, okay, yay. And then I, it was, it was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I was so, uh, the, the live audience. I thought it was, I thought it was a good, that was like a good idea that they didn't execute correctly. So. Right. It, it seemed like they hadn't thought it through what a live audience would be and what like the live audience would respond to. Yeah, exactly. And then just like tried to throw it together when when the show happened so yeah. one of the things i thought the live uh show did well is when when kenny smith uh announced the tar heels uh, north carolina tar heels where he went to uh play college basketball uh they did a, a good job of, of kind of cheering with the the inset audience so i thought that was good but other than that i don't think they did well anticipating what the audience how the audience would react yeah 
Yeah, they could have, I mean, at the very least, like, screen your audience who's coming in and figure that part yeah. out. So, but yeah, so the whole announcing all the teams before the brackets, it was, it was dumb. It was stupid. Like, you should just, I, we, I, I'm, I'm a man that I like progression and change isn't totally bad, but this was, this was, this was, this was working so well doing the brackets, having one on, on bait and breath if the team's going to be in, and then announcing the team, like, who's in instead of just the bracket. And the, they did it yeah. alphabetically. So they made me think even harder to be like, okay, right. well, no, I have to think about if I'm waiting for a team, and then where does that fall in the alphabet? And I don't want to do that. I just wanted to show up on the bracket and see if they're in and get the reaction. That's all I want. So it made oh. – I did not like the whole alphabetical – on top of saying it, like revealing it before the bracket. Yeah, definitely. I, I, normally when you go through the bracket and you go through the seeding, you kind of see who those 11, 12 seeds are. If they're major conference teams, you know that they made the bubble in over somebody else or, yeah. or what have you. And, and you kind of have a context of, of who is being announced. Um, but when you, they did it alphabetical, I completely lost that context. And only a couple times they kind of made a comment of, yeah. now this team's in or this. The one I remember is, is Notre Dame. Yep. They went to, because they announced them six at a time, and they went from one six over where uh, one guy was announcing it to the other one. And he goes, now for you Notre Dame fans, if you don't see Notre Dame here first, you're not in. And then they said it was Ohio State was the next one, so then Notre Dame was out. So I was like, oh. Yeah. Now I get the context of this because Notre Dame is in. Right. But in a nor in a general sense, I, I I couldn't remember as it went through. And as somebody who looks at, you know, the bracketology and the mock brackets a lot. Right. Even I kind of forgot who was on the bubble and who w- was in. But when it's announced in the kind of the bracket format, I kind of remember who was on on the bubble. I mean, outside of Syracuse being in and me being surprised by that, I don't. I kind of lost all context of of, of bubble teams. And yeah, I well, it's like bottom line. Like if they enough. had to, if they had to like have the help, like Ernie did, and instruct us that that means that Notre Dame's not in. It probably wasn't yeah. executed good. <laughs> yeah. So another thing we, we talked about the live audience that didn't that didn't go well. Um, each time, another thing that I thought didn't go well with the production was each time they went to a team there was a satellite delay in their reaction. So they'd be like, let's look at you know, University of Maryland, Baltimore County, and their reaction as they're announced the 16th seed who's playing, I think they're playing Virginia or something. And then they show them, and it shows them sitting there. And then <laughs> once they start to cheer, then they, they cut away. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, it looks like they were happy. Or, you know, they showed, you know, Radford or something, and then they are filming themselves about ready to go, and then they show them cheer, and they cut away. Just yeah. realize there's a delay, delay going to them, and, like, let's see their actual reaction. Let's see them celebrate. It seemed very weird that we saw them. Again, this isn't the first time that CBS has done yeah, this and tried I to use know. It feels like they've, been, like they've never done this before. They've been doing this forever. And just to get, like, the whole reaction part, which is, you know, a, a, a big part of, like, why people watch. Or maybe you know maybe not like some of the non-hardcore fans, but they like to watch the reaction of the kids. Um, you know, I remember like last year, the big thing was yeah. the, the Northwestern reaction. Like everyone talks about it. Yeah. You know, so yeah, you, you figure that they would get that at least that part correct. 
Because that was like the yeah, one that they kept the same. Yeah, another thing, I think they should show the the bubble teams. Like, I don't yeah. need to see. I guess it's it's fun to see, you know, again, Jesus University like, of Maryland, like Baltimore see County. Heartbreak. See their, no, I don't want to see the heartbreak. Not, well, not necessarily, unless it's Syracuse. Uh, but I don't, I don't want to see heartbreak. But, like, you know, if a, let's say Missouri in this case, or, you know, who is the one of the last couple teams in Syracuse, I guess. You know, to see them react to that they got in the tournament when they weren't sure that they would would be more exciting than seeing Michigan's reaction to being a three seed when they know they won the tournament and they're in. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, we play, I think they play Montana. You know, they're clapping like, hooray, we play Montana. That's not a reaction I care about. I want to see, you know, the teams who are automatic bids when they react and the teams who weren't sure they were going to get in react to the fact that now they get to compete in this tournament that they didn't know they were going to be able to. That's better than the alternative of Michigan clapping about playing Montana. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I feel you. And along those delays, I, I had like to be the first section when they were announcing. One, like, one, what's up? One more thing. I'm, yeah. Let me go back. I want to add something to the Michigan. If you uh, don't mind, did you notice in the Michigan shot who was front and center oh, God. Yes, in, uh, in the seat right in front of the camera, mm, Mo Wagner. That man Wagner, never misses it. Wagner always never misses in the a camera, camera appearance. Yeah, he's always unbelievable. There. He's always there. Unbelievable. He probably he's probably that guy. He probably takes selfies in class. Like he has. He seems like the type of guy. <laughs> <laughs> probably send him to his mom. Boy yeah. says mom. Mom in class. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Fucking Wagner. Oh, All right. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's, I guess that's our little venting session for the actual show uh, <laughs> portion. <laughs> um, so, now that we got that out, uh, we could actually talk about, you know, the actual selections themselves, uh, the teams, the the brackets, the uh, what we're all here for. Um, yeah. Yeah, one of the things, oh, just real quick, like a, a quick note. We all know that uh, the Badgers didn't go to the tournament this year, but we did not have a single school from Wisconsin make the Division I NCAA tournament this year. Yeah. Um, you know, Wisconsin fans obviously didn't need to sweat it out, but it was so disappointing to hear a selection show that Wisconsin wasn't a part of. Um, but one of the, uh, I guess, one of the things that I found uh, entertaining was when I logged on, I Googled the selection show to, you know, find it because it was on TBS and all that we mm-hmm. talked about earlier. And then the picture they showed was a very disappointed uh, Rousey from Marquette looking sad because their team didn't make it in. And that made me, that made me a little bit happy. So Put at least that Wisconsin team, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that Wisconsin team didn't make it in the, <laughs> or not even Wisconsin team, let's say Marquette. Yeah. Uh, didn't make it in. Although, I don't know if you saw this, um, UW Oshkosh is in the final four of, of D3. So, All right. one Wisconsin team is doing is doing well. So, Gosh. hopefully their coach or maybe their coach will be uh, coaching the Badgers in, uh, in two to three years or, or what have you. As, uh, <laughs> it's well. uh, it yeah, seems and to then be where we go. Like an 18-year tournament run. It'll be fine. There we go. There we go. I didn't even look up who, you know, real professional didn't even look up who their coach was and see if that's an actual <laughs> fine. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, know about him. We'll be the first ones here to be like, yeah. we, we, we talked about there 2018. We talked about him in 2018. Yeah. Um, but uh, as far as other selection uh, 
only four, only four Big Ten teams. Uh, I don't know how you feel about it. Um, it didn't seem like any of the Big Ten teams really in the bubble. Obviously, uh, four of them got in in uh, Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue, and Ohio State. Uh, I guess the two bubble teams were Nebraska and Penn State. Did you have any issue uh, with them being excluded from, from the Big Dance? No, I don't have any issue. I, I did issue, like, the constant, uh, it's a down year for the Big Ten, which I, I feel like they tried to play that up that much, but I didn't, I didn't really agree with it. Um, but, the, I mean, Nebraska and Penn State, did they have a case? I, don't, I mean, the committee has all types of rubrics rubrics and and use all types of stuff to put teams in so i don't think so i mean i'm not disappointed i, I disappoint that we that the big 10 only has four but usually these type of years when um the big 10 only has a few teams in it usually means they go deep huh interesting <laughs> i didn't think about the the impact of, of how far they'd go in the tournament mm-hmm. um i'm not i'm not particularly upset about you know these two teams uh, making it, I just think it's weird, and I feel like there's a lot. This might be a, a more general concept, but I feel like when the Big Ten has a down year, the consensus, kind of the national viewpoint of the Big Ten, whether it's basketball or football, is that they have a because the elite teams aren't as leader. The teams you normally think are good aren't good. It's a down year for the Big Ten, so the whole conference is better. So even when Nebraska does well in the Big Ten this year, Penn State does well in the Big Ten this year, it's viewed more poorly. But then we, when that happens in other conferences, it's because the other conferences are good. Yep. I think when we look at the SEC this year, oh, this is a great example of that. Yep. Kentucky just wasn't as good this year. Yep. So Auburn, Tennessee, Alabama, these other schools who Kentucky normally beats, and therefore their resume looks a little bit worse, that proves conference depth. Yeah. Whereas in the Big Ten, it, the national view always seems like it's weak, not that there's more competitive, not that Nebraska's actually good and competitive or Penn State is good and competitive. While that may not be the case this year, um, I'm not necessarily saying that that is the case this year, but in a general sense, to me it seems that it always is. The Big Ten is worse, whereas these other competitors are quote-unquote other Conferences, excuse me, are "quote unquote" more competitive, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's always like has a bit. What makes a, what makes a good conference? If you have good teams at the top, or if it's strong from top to bottom, and it just always seems it's whatever whatever that argument is, it's always against the Big Ten. <laughs> you know? It does it does seem like that. At least yeah. our our fan viewpoint of it. Yeah, at least exactly. Uh, so okay, now, only only four Big Ten teams. We're fine with that, although. You know, maybe a bone to pick about all the Big 12 and SEC teams. But let's talk about the, the what we see as the easiest and the hardest brackets uh, out there. So, Marlon, if you want to start with what you think is the, the easiest uh, bracket. Yeah, so I think the easiest bracket would be the West. Um, only because mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think it's going to be Xavier, the one seed out of the West coming out. I don't really have a high opinion of them. Um, so I think it's more wide open. You know, it looks like maybe the two seed in UNC has a has a pretty pretty smooth path um, to the Final Four. So I, I would give the easiest to the West. Um, I think yeah. the toughest would be the Midwest, because uh, they got you know Kansas in there as a one seed, Duke as a two. Uh, you sprinkle in Michigan State, 
Um, and then there's, you know, I think I think Auburn's a team. I'm not sure yet, but they could, you know, they could run up there and, and cause some noise as well. So I think there's a few teams that could uh, come out of there, so that makes it, makes it kind of tough to navigate the uh, Midwest region. What do you think? What do you got for your toughest? Side? Yeah, no, I, I, I think you make good points. I, I'd say those are the two uh, most wide open. Uh, just from, again, not a, not a big uh, pedigree from Xavier in the one seed. Not a lot of history there. Uh, North Carolina to me looks like, uh, well, I'd say weakest, but I don't know. They, they seem like they have the worst resume going in. Ah, they're a good team. I don't know. Uh, it, it seems the most wide open, those two, to me, uh, the West with uh, the West with uh, Xavier at the top, North Carolina, Michigan there. Uh, in the Midwest, uh, with, with Kansas, Duke, and Michigan State, I mean, talk about kind of, you know, as I talked about lack of pedigree on Xavier's standpoint, the Midwest had a lot of pedigree there uh, with a lot of Final Fours and championship uh pedigree there uh for me though i'm i'm looking at the other two brackets i think the the easiest bracket uh was the east for villanova i i just don't think they have a real team that can compete with them uh within that bracket the tc beating purdue i've been really disappointed with purdue down the stretch uh, especially with their performance against uh better teams uh let's say most specifically against michigan in the, the big 10 championship i don't see texas tech having they're the three seed in that bracket i don't see them having um, the talent to go really deep in a tournament. And then the four and five seed West Virginia, which is say we talked about West Virginia earlier. I mean, God forbid they have a lead in the game that they have to protect. And uh, which I say, I just don't think has the talent to get there this year. So it seems really easy for Villanova uh, or easy pass for Villanova. For me, they're playing in Boston. They're playing close to home. That seems really easy to me. Uh, and then the toughest, I guess I'm looking at this from a number one standpoint is uh, Virginia you know, I guess this might stem from an expectation of them being the number one overall seed. But in the Sweet 16, they're going to have to play the winner of uh, Kentucky and Arizona, which I think, uh, you know, have a real opportunity to make a deep run in each of them. Arizona having Gendra uh, uh, Aiden as uh, a number one overall pick, the talent they have out on that team in Kentucky, you know, if they can ever put it together, they obviously have talent, you know, with Coach Cal and his kids. Um, I think both of those are really talented teams that Virginia has to face in the in the Sweet 16. And then uh, Cincinnati and Tennessee are both really good teams. I think Cincinnati might be a little overseeded at two, but I, I, I guess they deserve it. Um, but that just seems like a harder run for Virginia uh, to get to the Final Four than some of these. Some of those, well, I agree with you that those other ones are more wide open. Looking at it from a, a the number one seed, I think that Villanova has the easiest path, while Virginia has a has a more challenging path. Did Did you see DeAndre Anton play this weekend? I didn't see him. No, it's on too late for me. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it was on. It was. It's on late in Pac-12 and Bill Walton. But besides all that, um, I watched the championship game a little bit of it, and that was kind of the first time I really sat down and watched them. It's not fair. Okay. He, he's. It's not fair. He's not playing. He's not human. He's ginormous <laughs> and athletic, and it's just not even fair. And I totally understand why you would pay whatever you need to do to get that person on your team. <laughs> I had no qualms with it. <laughs> He's really good at basketball. <laughs> He's a specimen. So just so I just, yeah, I just had to throw that in there. No, he's, so, 
he's something else, and I, I and that's kind of to the point. I was I was very interested to see where Arizona Arizona was going to go because they have uh, obviously him as as kind of their focal point, but they have uh, Trier and some other really good players who have had kind of some issues this year, and you know the whole FBI thing lingering over Arizona. I thought they were going to be a really interesting team to see where they ended up in the bracket, and I think they're as talented as any team in the country. And if you're Virginia and you're sitting there looking at them in a, as a Sweet 16 opponent, that's that's pretty tough compared to what some of the other uh, one seeds are looking at. Now, I think Virginia has a talented enough team and a, and a good enough scheme to to win that game, but it it just seems like a, a pretty significant opponent over what the other kind of four or five matchups present for the one seeds. Yeah, so kind of recap, it looks like we've gone through every region. As, yeah. as I have the West being the easiest. You have the East. Being the, the East being the easiest for Villanova. And yep. Then, yep, and then I have the Midwest as being the hardest, and you have the South. Uh, the being South the being the hardest. All right. We're all, so, we are all over the place. So we got it all covered. We got it all covered, and since... We do that. Do we have? Uh, do we want to make our? You want to make our predictions? Do we want to make predictions? Yeah, I think we can. Uh, you know that we're professional podcasters. We can make some uh, maybe informed, slightly informed uh, opinions on on what our our final four would be. I'd like yes, to hear everyone. The everyone, pay like. attention to this segment because this will win your bracket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before you fill out your work brackets, make sure you listen to this segment. Um, so let's do our, our, our final four and then uh, our uh, on to our champion. And then um, let's do a like a, a team to make a run, an unexpected team, kind of, you know, the the um, butlers of the past or the, the George Masons of the past who we okay. think can, you know, yeah. as, as a lower seed can – can make a run and you know give a real professional opinion on that. Okay, so, uh, here we go. Hot do you want to start with your 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 final four first? We'll go through that. Yeah, we'll start with final four. So I'm going to go through quick because honestly, I haven't really put I haven't I haven't put too much thought um, into these matchups. So just off the hip, coming out of the West, it's not going to be Xavier. So I'll go UNC coming out of the West, coming out right. of the Midwest. Um. Yeah, coming out of the Midwest, I can do. I could see. I want to say. I want to say Michigan State, but I don't have faith in them after uh, the end of their season there. Uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and go with Duke. So we got mm. two ACCs there. Coming out of the yep. East. Coming out of the East. Uh, look at Villanova, number one. Seed in the East again. Have we seen this story before? Are they, yeah. they going to make it out of the Sweet 16? I don't know. Wisconsin their way this year, so. Yeah, it's true. Um, so, but I'll, I'll say they, they, I've, they look really good this year. They've looked good pretty much all season. Um, but I think I will, I'll take a fall on them, and I will put in, I'll go Purdue coming out oh, of wow. the East. And coming out of the South. We'll go ahead and – I don't want to say this, but I don't see how it's not – we go UVA. Yeah. So, there we go. Here's my final four. UNC, oh. Duke, Purdue, UVA. 
So uh, I guess word against Purdue, they during the selection show, they said, watch out for Carson Edwards from Purdue. And I thought, oh, God, they're not going anywhere. <laughs> he killed them in the <laughs> Big Ten Championship. He was like over 1,000, it felt like. Yeah. Well, maybe they'll turn it on. Maybe it's their year. I don't know. They, they frustrate me. All right. Yeah. So I agree with. Uh, some of yours, some, I guess one of you, two of yours. Uh, I think uh, Virginia will come out of the South as the number one overall seed. I talked about how, I, I guess I just talked about how unfair it was to them <laughs> that they have to face Arizona or Kentucky. But I, uh, I alluded to them uh, having the challenge to get past that. Uh, I just think that they have the, the Tony Bennett uh, mentality uh, to play really tough defense, and he, but they have the uh, athletes and the, the scoring that they haven't had in the past to finally get over that hump and get into uh, into the Final Four. Uh, out of the West, I'm going to go with North Carolina. Um, I agree with you that Xavier doesn't quite have, have the pedigree. Uh, Michigan has a three-seed. I just don't think that they can sustain the shooting that they need to in order to beat higher-quality teams. Uh, so I like North Carolina to get out of there. Uh, out of the Midwest, I'm going to, I guess, follow my Big Ten fandom and pick Michigan State. Um, I guess it's more just of uh, my fandom going against Duke. I should probably pick Duke. I think Duke will probably get out of there, but I don't want to pick Duke. So I will pick Michigan State. Um, I don't think Kansas as the one seed. I don't think they're uh, a good enough team. They're a very good team, but they've just felt like something's been missing from their team all year. Um, that doesn't make them quite an elite Final Four level. I think Michigan State has the talent to get there, so I'll take Michigan State out of the Midwest. And then the East, I alluded to this earlier, Villanova, I think has the easiest round two of Final Four, so I'll take Villanova in the Final Four. So that's Villanova, Virginia, uh, North Carolina, and Michigan State as my Final Four team. So write it in pen in your office brackets. It's the winners. Um, it's the winners. That said, I've never won an office bracket in my life, so probably don't listen to me. Probably don't listen to me. So those are our final fours. Uh, Milo, who do you have winning it all? Um, God, this, you know, by the way, I picked out, like, my, that'd be, like, the worst final four ever if I final four comes true because I don't want to root for anything. <laughs> um, but if, if that happens, I, um, it looks, I, I really think Duke's going Duke's gonna to come through and, uh, and take the national championship just Oh, my soul is hurt. I know. But if you want to win money, sometimes you got to go with your mind and not your heart. Yeah. Well, here I am uh, not winning money or office pools or anything. I'm going to take Virginia over Villanova in a uh, low-scoring, highly contested championship game, uh, and I will take Virginia to win. That's my pick for national championship. All right. Yeah, Virginia and Duke. Everyone else, can keep, I'll probably change that at least ten times before I uh, yeah. tip off on Thursday. So, but at least a couple brackets. Yeah, everyone listening can keep me can keep me honest uh, of what I picked there. All right, do you have a uh, sleeper team or uh, mm-hmm. let's say a lower seeded team that you think can can make a run? Any any feelings on that? Lower seed team, just like uh, under twelve. I mean. I would love to see. I, I don't. I don't think this happened, but I'd like to. I would love to see Oklahoma and Trey just go off and like make a lead eight run or something, just to make it interesting and have everyone talk about them again. Um, I think that'd be a lot of fun. 
I don't think it's going to happen. So, you know what? Look out here. Here you go. Here's the hot take. You ready? All right. Hot take. Hot take. Dude. Texas. Texas. Texas is going to make a run. Oh. Texas Texas will make a run. Okay. Shaka Smart is going to bring back the tournament magic that he had before he went to Texas. <laughs> so, this brings up an interesting question I have. Mm-hmm. So, we see this a lot in college sports where a guy goes from one program to another. He goes from a mid-major, you know, in Shaka Smart's case, VCU to Texas. Uh, and this happens a lot in football, too, but let's focus on basketball, I guess. Um, and they have success at the smaller program where they're able to compete well in a tournament and obviously dominate their regular season schedule, uh, like Shaka Smart was able to do at VCU. How, mm-hmm. What happens that they can't translate that and maybe Shaka Smart is doing that in Texas, and maybe this will happen uh, going forward. But what is the what is the hangup that prevents college coaches from doing that at a bigger school in another level? So do you have any idea? I my theory my theory has always been about this, especially like in Shaka Smart's case. Um, when you're like at the no like Shaka Smart, he was at the lower like lower tier. Yeah, yeah. it seemed like he was getting the best players that were falling from higher tier right so that makes sense so he was getting like the best players of his tier right and like mm-hmm. people that were in between that were probably there's could have players that were that should have been at uh, you know bigger universities but couldn't for for whatever reasons but he was able to get them so when then he moves mm-hmm. up you're not getting you know you're still getting you're getting a lower tier player playing in a tougher conference right so that's always, and so it, that kind of, you know, you're not, you're, you're not shooting for, um, you know, at Texas, he's not getting, he's not recruiting, you know, top, he's not recruiting top classes, right? So I feel like that's, that, I feel like that's part of it just because going from like the talent in, he has better talent at a lower conference than he has talent where it's just pretty much the same um, as most of the teams there. So that's um and how long has he been there like three years now two or, uh, yeah something like that something like that so i don't know maybe it'll maybe it'll turn around um you know coming up because he's my pick this year but yeah okay. i guess that's that's the only thing i can think of um i don't i think it's yeah, like it's I, I can't believe it comes down to x and o's i think they're still good coaches i just think it comes down to the, like the talent what type of kids you're getting yeah, it's, it's got to be uh, something different about the the level of, of player that you're getting because I can't. I would have to imagine on a on a whole, the uh, type of player that he's getting is a, a better player at Texas than it is at VCU, and maybe just being in that other conference or being in you know that higher kind of day to day competition is, is that much different or that much more significant than I'm I'm giving it credit to. Yeah, um, or giving the coaches who succeed at those levels uh, or programs, I guess, uh, credit. I don't know. Yeah, well, you like you look at like Wichita State, right? Like they were getting, yep. they were in top talent, and they were they were just cruising along in their the, the other conference they were in. I forget the Missouri um, Valley they, or whatever. Yeah, they moved to the American this year, and they did pretty well. But because they still he still yeah. had that talent. But I feel like if he would have went to a different team, like coach would have went to a different team. It probably would have it. Yeah. It would have been different. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting. Uh, yeah, 
No, it definitely makes sense. And that's an interesting way to think about it because if you think about Wichita State, they finished, I think, uh, second. No, they finished third in the conference this year, and they got a four seed yep. at 25-7 and seven looking at their record. And last year they were uh, – I, I don't have the record in front of me, but they obviously won the, the Missouri Valley or, or whatever conference they were in, and they got a 10 seed. Yeah, so, 10 seed, yeah. um, you know, you can tell that the committee uh, at least rewarded them playing in the tougher conference. So maybe there is more to that than I'm getting – giving credence to yeah. uh, the, the level of competition that these, these teams are playing against. Yeah, for sure. Do you have a, do you have a, you have a, you're going to pick a flyer team? Yeah, my flyer team, uh, just because I would love to see the, the, uh, you know, 80 year olds go crazy about it. And the Chicagoans go crazy about it is Loyola, Chicago, <laughs> the city's own uh, re- Reowned team uh, of Loyola to uh, to win a couple games. I think it'd be I think it'd be fun. Uh, I don't see uh, Miami kind of disappointing me this year. They've had some ups and downs, and uh, same with Tennessee. I think they could I think they could win a couple. Um, that'd be my flyer. Now that I said that, they'll probably lose by twenty to Miami in the first round because Miami. Uh, does have a lot of a lot of really good guards. Um, where are they playing? I think that'd be the most. Where are they playing? Yeah, you know where they're playing. No, I know the next game's in Dallas, down south. Uh, so they're in Dallas. They're in Dallas. Uh, okay. They're in Dallas. Yeah. Okay. I thought maybe if it was close, um, people would be going. <laughs> people from Chicago would be going. Yeah. Uh, no, but other than that, I I don't know. That was the best one I could. That's the best one I can come up with. I don't see any other real uh exciting ones that that jump out at me that i at least i would be excited about well yeah okay so that's good so, so, i mean so yeah chicago is definitely jumping on there they have loyola chicago's definitely replaced northwestern as chicago's um chicago's team chicago's team as of like last week when they won the tournament no one knew they were even playing basketball before um so chicago's yeah. riding with them um they're the hottest ticket in yeah. town because all the other teams are garbage oh. And yeah, so but let, let's see the run happening, and maybe I don't know. You maybe I can get you a T-shirt or something. All right. Well, if they win two games, then uh, then we can order me a T-shirt. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise I look like an idiot yeah. when they lose by twenty. So <laughs> risky take see. throwing random random uh, what are they eleven seeds out there? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well. We got our picks in. We've informed the people how to win their pool. Um, I see the, the only other, yeah, kind of to wrap up wrap up tournament tournament talk before we get after it on on Thursday uh, is basically yeah how are you going to be taking in how are you going to be watching the, the first round? Do you have a, a usual uh, do you have a usual way to to watch the games? No, uh, well, I, I guess I do. It's not anything exciting. Uh, normally, the first weekend, I just kind of take it in uh, online, you know, whether at work or or on home later. Um, you know, it's it's a pretty uh, secluded event for me first weekend, uh, especially this year with Badgers not being in it. Yeah, uh, that's the way I'll, I'll be taking it in. Uh, how about you? Oh uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's Thursday. Will be a lot of streaming. Um, yeah, last week at work. Uh, Fridays we t- uh, we got a group that takes off work Friday, and then we go to we go to the bar, uh, watch the games. There's some oh, nice. bit of gambling going on, which is nice, which is going to be nice this year since again the Badgers aren't in it. 
to yeah, keep things in check. I, f- I feel like I'm going to do a lot more, like, actual gambling this year because of that. Like, on games, not just brackets. Like, just to keep it interesting. Thank I think, you. I think each individual that, game? Emily? What's that? Oh, okay. Each <laughs> yeah. indiv- like, an individual game basis? Wow. Yeah, okay. like, in individual game basis. I feel like that's going to happen. So... Thoughts and prayers to me. Well, no, no, we watch the games as professionals. We'll, uh, we have, uh, you know, more knowledge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so, but if you, I mean, if you want, it looks like I stumbled upon this um, win or lose. It looks like the, the the Terrace is going to be showing March Madness games uh, in, uh, what is it, in the Union South. Actually, in both unions. So they're going to have watch parties um to go there so maybe we can do one on maybe we can do a, a live podcast on sunday from the watch party Head up to, <laughs> what do you think well again what what time it's like us starting a badger podcast the for the one year they don't make the ncaa tournament we have <laughs> awesome watch parties on the uh, during the ncaa tournament when wisconsin isn't in it yeah so that sounds fun but i it's what but I looked at uh, the link that you had in here and, and kind of the pictures of it. It looks like a lot of fun, a real uh, communal way to to take in the tournament. And I think you know, even with, with, with even with Wisconsin not being in it, you know, opportunity to kind of cheer for or against uh, teams. You know, let's say cheer against Duke or something like that that you might want to do. A great place to do that with uh, other fellow Badgers. Yeah, and you can't beat you can't beat the Union, so. Grab a beer, watch a game. Have fun. Miss the union. <laughs> Gotta miss the union. Yep. All right. All right. So, so speaking let's of the union, should should we take a uh, speaking of the union? Should we take a quick uh, jog around campus in our next segment? Yeah, let's get into our new segment: jog around campus. Um, we had a couple couple Madison centric topics here. Uh, first, we want to give a shout out. Congratulations to Barry Alvarez. He was awarded the Under Armour AD of the Year because uh, he is a boss. Um, yeah, so we all yeah, know what Barry has brought to to Wisconsin. But uh, congratulations to him. Yeah, uh, very excited for for Barry. I'm sure he'll wear that awesome Under Armour uh, shirt that he gets out of this. Uh, well. Uh, but, you know, I, I think outside of the disappointing performance of the basketball team this year, uh, the Wisconsin sports scene is is very vibrant and uh, very successful. So, uh, I guess, great job by him, and uh, it's a great uh, time to be a Badger fan. Yeah. You know you're always – you've always made it when you have a statue of you and you're still living. Not, and not only are you still living, you're still working there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, life goals, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so moving on, we have, uh, you see this, Kurt Penny has retired from the game of basketball. Uh, looks like he had his Yeah, he game. was, uh, where was he playing? He was New Ze- with the New Zealand Breakers. They lost their last, okay. they lost their playoff game um, earlier this week, and that was that was the last game of his career. Yeah, I saw that the team did an honorary uh, haka, I think is the name of the, the traditional uh, New Zealand dance that they do. Uh, it's, I guess, a you know, historic warrior dance. Uh, we've seen it in other, you know, kind of rugby-type uh, settings or in soccer-type settings, but they uh, performed it in Kirkpenny's honor, which 
uh, was really neat to see, but also I felt like if I was sitting in front of the people doing a dance, I would feel a little bit awkward. How would you feel with <laughs> about having a haka performed for you, Marlo? Yeah, I, I would want to join in. I'd feel a little awkward just standing there watching it. You know, I think the haka is awesome. I, I should learn it sometime. It's, no, it's, def- it's definitely awesome, but it's just uh, to stand there and be honored by it is a is a, is a bit long, but it, w- it was really neat to see uh, the team honor a uh, former Badger uh, in such a way. Yeah, shout out to Kurt Penny. He was, uh tell you the story, he was in uh, my econ class. Uh, I think it was macro. Oh, really? Yeah. And the only reason I know this is because the the professor, after our first exam, shouted him out. Like, we're in Ag Hall. And he's like, I was going through the exams, and I see that we have Kurt Penny in our class. Uh, good <laughs> job, Kurt. And he, like, shouts him out in front of everybody, and Kurt's just sitting there trying to, you know, be himself. So I thought that was funny. <laughs> my uh, my Badger uh, athlete in class story, I was in uh, the, the tough, tough class of weather and climate yes. was a – my my science credit that I needed uh, to get into the business school, and uh, they asked for some volunteers. At some point, I don't even remember what what the point was, but the professor asked for some volunteers, and someone raised their hand, and uh, two guys went on stage. I don't even remember. And the professor asked their name, and one guy goes, "I'm Cameron Taylor." <laughs> Like everybody should know who he was, and of course I did. But the professor was kind of like, "Okay, and your partner." <laughs> it was great, and that was essentially the only thing I remember from Weather and Climate class. <laughs> That's good. Cameron Taylor being in there. All right, shout out Cam. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, back. Um, yeah, moving on. We have yeah. oh, the, the oh, Wisconsin sure. women's hockey team uh, beat Minnesota to go to the Frozen Four, beating Minnesota four to zero um, on home ice. Which I guess I'm on a women's yeah, they avenged- after the women's gold medal. So this was great. Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. Uh, you know, after watching the the women's gold medal, and it led right into uh, you know obviously the the tournament now, and just. A real, I don't want to say Renaissance Women's Hockey in general, but at least in, in my viewership, uh, you know, a lot of fun to watch right now. Wisconsin is good. Wisconsin had athletes in the uh, the Olympic Games. Uh, beating Minnesota here, always good to beat Minnesota, as we talked about in the last pod. Um, this is the fifth straight Final Four uh, for the Lady Badgers, so that's really exciting. And they play Colgate on uh, Friday for a trip to the ship. So yeah, uh, for those out there who can find that, it's on, on Friday. I don't have the time, but... Um, Google it, Google machine. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, good luck to the ladies. Way to beat Minnesota. Suck it, Minnesota. And yeah, let's let's bring home the championship. Uh, Badger, former Badger Nigel Hayes gets a call up from the G League. He signed a ten day contract with uh, Toronto. I think he was up. Th- yeah, he was up there for when they when Toronto beat um, Houston and ended their fifteen game losing streak. And Nigel's doing pretty well because he's their, 100% free throws. Boom. I, uh, yeah, it was interesting to see that. Uh, he's been doing – I've been kind of following him uh, now that I follow him on the Twitters, uh, yeah. following him in the uh, G League on the, the Knicks G League team. And he's been putting up points uh, yeah. for them, so it's good to see him get a chance at the, at the next level. Uh, I, 
we'll see to get a call from a a top what are they top two at least top three uh east team at this point of the season is pretty encouraging uh you know wish him the best uh hope he can hope he can contribute because a chance to contribute uh seems like he's doing doing really well um at least stat wise yeah he's doing i I was saw some of the video that's been coming out of him in the g league and he looks like he is really his game has really evolved so Congrats to him. I hope it hope it sticks. I know he's got a couple calls this year. I uh, hope he's there for the playoff run. That'd be fun. Uh, see him in mm-hmm. some time. Um, so we have another former Badger, Russell Wilson. Looks like he is taking over John Gruden's spot. Um, John Gruden had the ESPN show, that quarterback show. Um, looks like Russell's going to be having his own show called QB to QB. Uh, where he's going to be mentoring some of the draft picks. He's going to have Baker Mayfield, Mason Ray, uh, Randolph, TJ Baird, and Saquon Barkley, but Saquon's not a running back. I mean, a quarterback, but whatever. It's QB oh. to QB. So Russell Wilson. <laughs> he's going to have a running back? <laughs> yeah, he's going to have a running back. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> so, okay. so Wilson Wilson coming to a ESPN spot near you. This is so Russell. I Russell... I I really I mean I enjoyed the year he had with us and love him for it, but like he has gotten so weird. I really can't. I don't know. Like I can't. I can't listen to him talk. <laughs> He's gotten uh, his aura, let's say, or his uh, oh, what's the term? Maybe aura is the right. But it's almost like Tim Tebow esque. Like people just feel like a better person after they talk to him and it's kind of penetrating the media a lot. It feels like, and uh, I don't know. I liked when he was kind of like, he had kind of the off comment and then kind of said, I don't know, at the end of it. And I was like, yeah, he's a badger. Yeah. Uh, but now as he gets more and more uh, media coverage, I'm kind of like, I want less and less of, of Russell Wilson. I want the sound yeah. bite. Yes. I don't want the, the whole show now. Yeah. As far as the QB camp or whatever this is, I didn't really enjoy the John Gruden one. I <laughs> imagine I won't really enjoy the Russell Wilson one, the fact that they have a running back in there is just <laughs> just bizarre. And they have TJ Barrett, who's I, I assume won't be a, a very high drafted quarterback if at all. Yeah, uh, just seems bizarre. Um, I don't know. I, I can't imagine watching this. But I'm going back to the Russell Wilson. Or I mean, the Yankees traded for the Yankees. A baseball organization ready for his baseball right so he can come and give the minor league team pep talks and like yeah. do batting practice oh, it's, God, it's, it's bizarre so and you know maybe he has that kind of effect and and maybe he is you know in fact that great of a person i'd like to think you know all former badgers can be that great of a person that our just general presence makes people better but it seems a bit a bit far-fetched to me but it's, uh, yeah. It was a great year when he was quarterback, and I wish he could be quarterback all of the time for the Badgers. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I should have known when I when he first joined Twitter in like 2012 or whenever. Yeah, he came out and he start. I followed him because you know I I was really excited about him, and he started like right away. He just started with he tweet out a Bible verse of the day, which he still does to this day. And I should have known then that this was probably going to go down this route at some point. <laughs> so, but Russell Wilson coming to the screen near you. Speaking of, speaking of Russell Wilson and the football team, we got some uh, football in our near future, right? Yeah. Spring practice starts March 13th, Tuesday. 
Yeah. It's Tuesday, Tuesday, two days from yeah, when we record this, one day from the earliest you can hear it. Yeah. So that's coming with the spring game on the 13th. And as of when you'll hear this, we'll be 171 days from kickoff of the season. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So football, it's, it's, it's in there. It's in the air. It's in the air. Maybe we'll go to a spring game. In the Maybe air. Maybe we'll do a, uh, a a show from the from the spring game. Hmm. Oh. Hmm. Interesting. Just, just we'll have to look into that. Yeah. We'll have to. We'll see if it's in the budget. Yeah. <laughs> the budget. So this is my deflection. The Casey deflection. We had Casey's excuses earlier. This is the Casey deflection. Yep. To talk about programs or schools or other things that at least have it worse than us so we can uh, feel better about ourselves by comparison. How does that sound, Milo? That sounds good. All right. Yeah. So I, I, when I thought of this idea, I thought that we would have some of the big schools who thought they had hopes of making the tournament, you know, maybe some stellar players uh, missing the NCAA tournament. I'm thinking Oklahoma with Trey Young or Missouri with Michael Porter Jr. who has played one half of basketball all year. Uh, but they all made it. Everybody that I wanted to miss the tournament to for this segment made the tournament, so we can't we can't go with them. So that stinks. But uh, to contrast with a, a fellow Big Ten school, Northwestern, who I'm sure you being in Chicago heard all the the hype and the excitement on the uh, program last year as the first NCAA tournament ever. Uh, came back this year with a lot of the same players, a lot of the same cast, and did not make the tournament. In fact, reverted to the Northwestern of old. So, at least we're not them. At least, uh, maybe, yeah. Maybe. I mean, I've been. I remember being furious at the beginning of the season that they were like ranked ahead of us, and I don't think we weren't ranked, mm-hmm. but they were ranked at all. And then just kind of watching them yeah. fall, and then. Uh, to as much hype as they got last year going through it in uh, yeah. locally, they got like just as many question marks like this year. Like people were trying to follow, but they're just like, uh, this is not a good team. And so <laughs> there was, there was a lot of talk where, um, so yeah, at least, you know, they have, they have a bunch of billboards up saying Northwestern Chicago's team, but now everyone's jumped on Loyola's yeah. bandwagon. So they've yeah, been, Loyola, Chicago's team. yeah, no, it was Chicago's Get up team. some billboards. <laughs> the billboards. Yeah. But at least I think the – I guess that was kind of a, a deflection for a Big Ten team. But the real at least we're not has to be uh, – has to be uh, the, the Pittsburgh uh, fans, University of Pitt fans. Um, and that leads us to the tweet of the week here. Uh, Marlo, if you want to cue that up here and uh, let us know what that is. <laughs> All right, tweet of the week. It comes from Darren Ravel of ESPN fame. Uh, let's see here if yeah so obviously i speaking of pit pit's coach uh had a terrible season so darren goes on to say is if fired pitch coach kevin stalling gets paid the speculated buyout of 9.4 million dollars the school would have paid him more than five hundred thousand dollars per win over his two seasons there good god life is good for him yeah, I mean, amazing. how does that even happen? Like Pitt, what they went first of all, Pitt. If you don't know, they went over in their conference, which was, I think it was over twenty, and they finished the season, yeah, including the, including the tournament. Yeah, and they finished the season. They finished the season on a twenty-two game losing streak. So I don't even know what that means. And I, I found out later. I was like, God, 
I mean, yeah, like at least we're not pit because they were a respectable program not that long ago. And just to go from that to like not winning a conference game, that seems that's tough. But kudos, kudos for $500,000 per win. That's pretty good. I mean, that's that's crazy. I'm obviously a low point for for Pitt fans. So I'm sorry for all the Pitt fans listening to the pod uh, to to uh, kind of celebrate in your face here. Uh, I guess I think it's a real loss for for college basketball fans. Uh, Kevin Sullivan's being at Pitt for me was hilarious. <laughs> uh, he looks kind of like Kevin from The Office. Uh, I mean, the similarities are at least uh, comparable. And hilarious uh, in the fact that he's going to get ten million, almost well, let's say nine and a half million dollars to not coach a basketball team is baffling in the NCA who is strapped for cash. Uh, so congratulations, Pitt fans, on that. Hopefully, you can win a ter- uh, conference game uh, next year. Oof. <laughs> so by by comparison, yeah, not that bad. We're all right. Yeah, we're all right. Yeah. All right, so now we took our jog around campus and saw what was going on outside of the uh, the basketball program uh, on campus in Madison. So next, we're going to look take a look outside of Madison and see what's going on in the sports world uh, beyond uh, the Badger space. And first, we're going to start out with uh, a new segment for uh, for myself and my uh, Casey's Corner Kick, and we're going to talk about a little bit of soccer. Uh, here, I was uh, exciting couple of weeks in soccer, starting with the Champions League round of 16. Uh, Marl, I don't know if you're following along. Uh, Champions League is the uh, the premier. You're not great. Right. No. The Champions League is the premier uh, competition in Europe. It is the uh, I, the best teams of all of the individual domestic leagues in Europe. Uh, they compete over a uh, season-long competition to see who is the essentially the champion, the best club, the best team. In Europe, uh, they, and they are in the round of 16. And uh, the, I guess, the highlight of that was that uh, Paris Saint Germain. It's uh, the team uh, located in Paris. It's owned by the uh, Qatar royal family. It's essentially a wing of the government, uh, more or less. They spent 400 million dollars uh, this year buying uh, Neymar and um, Mbappe. Uh, during the year to improve their squad, but they still did not make it out of the last 16, losing to Real Madrid. Who, if you're going to lose to someone, Real Madrid is the defending two-time uh, Champions League champion. So if you're going to lose somebody, that's fine. But that's that's a lot of money to not get out of the not get out of the round of 16. Uh, Competitive-wise, a real exciting game. Uh, Juventus uh, overcame a, a two-leg deficit to beat uh, Tottenham. Uh, Juventus uh, for Marlow and those uh, fellow fans who don't know are kind of one of the old guards of Europe. They're the best Italian team. They play a real defensive style, uh, Italian style of, of soccer. Um, and they found themselves down uh, to Tottenham, three goals to two in the second uh, leg, the second game of their competition. And they ended up scoring two goals in four minutes and then just defending the rest of the game. A very Juventus style win and uh, prevent the Tot- Tottenham team from moving on who may be on their last legs. It's with the wage structure as it is for Tottenham. They have a lot of really good, young, talented players. Uh, let's think of the Brewers in the uh, late 
knots where they had, you know, Ryan Braun, Prince Fielder, J.J. Hardy, that team, they just weren't able to keep that core together. Um, that's kind of what Tottenham's facing, and to see them kind of flame out against Juventus here uh, is real disappointing for their team and kind of uh, where will they go from here. Again, similar to the Brewers losing to the Cardinals uh, in that NLCS that I know, Marlo, you remember so well. Devastating. And then on a, <laughs> on a personal note, uh, Liverpool advances the round of – Round of eight out of the round of 16, that's the team that I support. I will not talk about their uh, domestic competition. They lost to United, which was disappointing, but uh, advanced to the Champions League, so we'll focus on that. Uh, another interesting uh, uh, stat from the world, of, the world of soccer, Atlanta United started their home. Uh, they had their first home game of the 2018 season, and Atlanta United, they, last year was their first MLS season. They were an expansion team. And they have just gotten an insane amount of support from uh, the city of Atlanta and the fans there. Uh, they set a record towards the end of last year with some 71-odd thousand uh, fans in the Georgia Dome. And then this year on their opening game, they set a MLS record with 70, over 72,000 fans uh, at their opening game against D.C. United, which is just an, was an absolutely surreal sight. Um, to see that kind of support in the uh, American soccer game, uh, to put that in context, uh, the biggest uh, Premier League game drew about 73,000 in the biggest uh, Bundesliga game. You know, countries that have much bigger uh, soccer interest and soccer support uh, drew 75 and 80,000 uh, respectively. So just amazing support that we're seeing from Atlanta and perhaps. Wait, how many fans are at the game? Almost uh, 71,500, over 71,000 at Atlanta in the Mercedes-Benz or whatever it is, yeah. the dome there. Uh, that's capacity. That's Great. impressive. And I think the, the story that kind of overtook and uh, perhaps transcended uh, sports this week, uh, David Astori, he was a, a defender for uh, Florence's team, uh, soccer team, uh, in the, the Italian league. He tragically passed away. Uh, in a hotel room as his team traveled uh, at the age of 31. From all accounts, it seems like natural causes. So at one time, it's a kind of a, a tragic reminder of, um, don't mean to be too somber, but the, the fragility of life that we have um, and to see somebody in, you know, obviously good athletic uh, condition and, and 31 years old is, is a tragic loss. But out of that, um, the the funeral procession that he had uh, and the, the remembrance to him kind of saw showed a way in which sports, which can often seem frivolous and we can, you know, kind of debate the the nuances of it and kind of get caught up in seedings and, and frivolous things like that. Um, but the way in which uh, the city of Florence, which is a very provincial area, uh, embraced him as kind of an outsider and the he had essentially a state funeral there. Uh, they had members of the Juventus uh, soccer team, which is kind of the rival soccer team, fellow Italian players come down and pay tribute to him at his funeral and kind of see that bringing together of Florence fans and Italian fans in a, in a relatively regional country, especially sports-wise. Uh, and then during the game today, uh, I think it was today, maybe it was yesterday, uh, they had a moment, a, a minute of silence in the 13th minute of the game. That was the number that he wore. Uh, the fans and the players, the players stopped playing and the fans just applauded for the minute to honor him. 
and and the fans held up a, a, a sign for his in his name. I just really emotional thing and a way in which it shows. I think that sports can kind of transcend itself, transcend sports and and kind of bring people together. In this case, a, a tragic sense, uh, but oftentimes we see also in a positive sense uh, why we why we care about these these games. Uh, and this was a, a sad reminder of how how it can bring us together. So I don't know if you saw that or fellow friends, uh, fellow fans on the podcast saw that, but it was a real. Uh, Real, really something. Yeah, thoughts and prayers. So that's uh, on a somber note. I guess my my corner kick. Not know uh, every week it won't be like that. So now let's uh, you know change tone and talk about the NFL and the uh, the most active uh, participant was the Browns with a, a, a ton of trades. And Marla, I know you were talking with our friend Scott, who's a, a Browns fan, and uh, a lot of trades, a lot of action. What uh, what was the the gist from a, a Browns fan? Lot, yeah, a lot of action. A lot of action on Friday, but I guess I was watching this fury of activity come across in the form of lots of notifications coming on my phone, and I just kept yeah. thinking that like the Browns GM or whoever is running it is like sitting around and like they're just like drunk or high, and they're just like just making like these fantasy trades. And just like trying to trying to assemble some sort of team because it was crazy. It was like all within all these transactions were happening within like a like a two hour window. Um, yeah. And yeah. And so since that was happening, um, we have a group chat that uh, for the listeners, Casey refuses to be a part of because he doesn't want to download another app. It's, um, it's a thing. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. We was going crazy because, like Casey was saying, uh, a friend of 132 Breeze, Scott, is a true Browns fan. There are They are out there. Um, he's a true Browns fan. But his first response, Casey, I don't know if I told you this, is all caps, we're going to the Super Bowl. Oh, wow. Good. <laughs> At least they're being rational about it. <laughs> so rational Browns fans go to the Super Bowl, and T-Mobile is a steal. Um, that is a quote from a rational Browns fan, but it was kind of it is kind of crazy, and they still have picks too, right? I, I, they're yeah, like they're I don't actually they trying trade... to build a team. Yeah, they didn't trade any of their top picks. Um, I mean, my initial thought, my initial thought was, wow, they're a five and eleven team now, which I guess is good. <laughs> yeah, that's an improvement. But I mean, they traded for a quarterback who, I mean, before he was like concussed barely scored a touchdown in the playoffs. Like, I don't know if Super Bowl is the yeah. right uh, expectation to set. Yeah. And, and because, yeah, let's talk, talk about Tyrod Taylor. Did, does that mean the Bills had saw enough of Nate Peterman to be confident in that position? Throwing five, what do you think, mm. five interceptions and a half? <laughs> was it, six, half? Was it yeah. six? I don't know. It was some well, record. Yeah, so they've seen enough. Uh, so they, they got Tara Taylor is now Brown in the long, rich what? tradition of Brown QBs. Yeah, it'll be it'll be. I think the Bills knew. I think there was strife there between uh, Tyrod and the Bills, and that he was. They knew he wasn't the long term answer. I don't think that Peterman is the the long term answer, but I think they knew they were moving in a different direction. Uh, I, I mean, I. He's obviously an upgrade over Kaiser, who's now a Packer and yeah. a Packer fan. You know, successor to Favre. Um, I mean, the Favre to, <laughs> to, to, to Rogers. Now, 
I'll get to I'll get to that trade in a moment. Uh, but uh, you know, I don't think Tyrod's going to be the savior by any means. But I think he makes the team at least respectable. And I think as a Browns fan or a Browns organization, that is a step in the right direction. Uh, as far as the other trades, I mean, bringing in big name wide receivers never seems to work, but maybe it will in this case. And then uh, the Demarius Randall trade, I, uh, from a Packer standpoint, I'm, you traded, you know, he's another Pac-12 defender, so we got rid of a Pac-12 defender, thank goodness. Um, obviously, we must not, the Packers saw enough of what Brett Hudley can do in the NFL. That wasn't acceptable. I'm not sure Kaiser is much better, but if Rodgers is hurt, what's the point even of playing? So that's an approach I think you have to take as a Packers fan. And um, it doesn't matter who your backup quarterback is because they're not Aaron Rodgers. So what are we even talking about? Yeah. So, I mean, that's talking Browns. I, I, I have a feeling that's going to be the most we talk about the Browns all year. But it was fun. <laughs> that. It's a good story. I, I feel like there's, I feel like there's been more trades. It's interesting. And, and the Browns are the protagonist of all of, of most of it. So yeah, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, it was exciting. So uh, congratulations, Joe Thomas. Uh, you have another quarterback to block for. Yeah, from Badger. Morning Badger. So uh, I guess that'll wrap up our our, our take on the NFL. Uh, looking at the the NBA, uh, as we talked about last week, is it time to? Uh, talk about the NBA. I came across this uh, tweet from, uh, not tweet of week caliber, but a tweet from uh, Bill Simmons, a uh, friend of the pot, not really, but uh, he, he uh, tweeted out, what's the most fun first round series that might actually happen? And then he listed four. I'll just read them off. It was Cavs Sixers as a three and six, Rocket Spurs as a one and eight, Warriors OKC two and uh, two and seventeen, and Rockets Clips one and eight. I read that and I said, None of those interest me in the slightest. <laughs> we don't need to talk about the NBA. And yeah, we're good. We're still good. I mean, we got a few. We got a until, few months. It's got to be until like the final, yeah. essentially the final four, right to the semifinals. Because yeah. I don't care about any of those, any of those, those yep. matchups. Yeah. So that was talking right. NBA. So there, there's our NBA segment. So uh, a new segment this week, uh, new exciting segment. Uh, golf is back. It's back. It's back. Golf and I've is been, back because Tiger's back. I've been, I've been hesitant on this. I've been in slow rolling on this because three weeks ago when Tiger came back and everyone was like, he's back because he had an okay – like he made a cut. That's what it was. He made the cut. Tiger's yeah. back. And I was like, let's calm down. And then last week he was – they kept saying he was in contention, but he was like – at the final round he was like five strokes back. And he was like, yeah, right. he's in contention. It's like, no, no. But this time – He's back, man. I and you know he fell a stroke short of forcing a playoff, but yep. he had some Tiger magic, and he was right there. And I thought he was going to take it. Yeah, it was exciting to see him back. Um, I I missed. Uh, I was following along on the first the first half. I was watching basketball. First half of the final round as I was watching basketball. Then obviously we talked about kind of the dead zone between. Um, the the between the basketball games and the selection Sunday and it was filled in perfectly by golf. I don't think that was the intention, but it worked out that way. Certainly could have been CBS's intention as it was on NBC. So I turned over <laughs> to that, and 
just to see the the fan excitement uh, echoing my excitement as he, you know, walked up the the 18th hole and he had a a pretty a pretty poor uh, drive, I guess, that left him pretty far for the second shot, which he uh, again left him pretty far from the hole. So after the second shot, left him pretty far from the hole on his third shot, uh, and he had about a 30, what is it, about 30 foot putt uh, for birdie to force a playoff. But just the excitement of him being involved and him like walking up the green to the green to make a meaningful putt. The fans there were excited. I was excited. It was, I, I honestly didn't think Tiger would ever get back to this point. And even if it is just this one tournament and it doesn't translate, I mean, I'm holding out for the fact that we get one more, you know, master Sunday or one more major Sunday where Tiger's involved. Maybe that will happen. Maybe it won't, but just, that it happened on a random tournament, yeah. uh, you know, here in, in early March was awesome. And if that can continue to happen, I mean, all, I, I, I'm, I almost lost for words, just did the excitement that I could bring back to golf and back to my interest in golf. Yeah. Watching that final part on 18, didn't you were like, before we go on, you weren't, I was, I, I was thinking like, Oh my God, I'm going to be here. This is going in. This is tiger like going to do it. it. It didn't happen, but I was, I was right there thinking that it was, that was going to be a moment. I, w- I was watching prepared for it to be a moment. Yeah, I was exactly. like, I want to make sure I am, you know, I kind of like set my mindset as I do in kind of like some big games, you know, mm-hmm. for like, this is, this could be a significant thing and he missed it. But the fact that I was, and he, uh, it was a long putt. He missed it a little, a little bit short, uh, two feet short, maybe not even, um, but the fact that that even happened, I would have been shocked. I wouldn't have believed you three weeks ago if you had told me that. So incredible start for Tiger. I hope it continues. Uh, it sounds like a lot of people are betting on him to win the Masters now, and there's yeah. been a big swing in his odds. I wouldn't go that far, but Bet the field. if he's in contention, and I just want, honestly, my expectation, if he can be in contention one more Masters or one more time at Augusta, he doesn't even have to win. If he can be in contention, that would just be uh, on another level of, of, of Tiger for me. Just to kind of cap off his story, this kind of last kind of, I've been through hell and back, and all, doesn't even have to win, just be in contention, I think would, be, would just be something else. Which is weird that that's where it's come to now, but that's where it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good. It's good to have Tiger back. A lot of golf talk. A lot of golf. A lot talk. of golf talk. All right. So that's our our view outside of the confines of Madison. All right. So we're gonna wrap it up for uh, this week's this week's podcast. Um, be sure we did a great interview with uh, Graham Beatty, who is our Ivy League college basketball insider, who does a, goes into uh, great de- detail his experience playing college ball in the Ivy Leagues and uh, some other fun stuff. So we'll have that on. A, it'll be a separate podcast that should be released at the same time as this. So be sure to download that as well as I'm sure you do. Go ahead and download uh, or go ahead and subscribe um, on iTunes. Get a five star rating. Uh, Give us a nice compliment. If you don't like us, give us a five-star rating and tweet to us what we can <laughs> fix. Um, you can find Casey at Prof Badger Fan, P-R-O-F Badger Fan on Twitter. 
our or our show's Twitter account at 132 Breeze. I myself at at, at Marlo Jr. Um, be sure to, you can tell your friends. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and on Google Play. So there's no excuse. Listen to our podcast. Tell your friends. Casey, you have any last words? Uh, thanks, everyone, for uh, listening. Uh, please like and subscribe and rate uh, as you can. It really helps out uh, our podcast. Get out there. I appreciate all you fellow fans listening. And until next time, I'm Wisconsin. I'm Wisconsin.